welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Happy Christmas Eve. So cool to hang out with my church family this morning. And again, as, as Christy said, just want to say a huge welcome, especially to visitors and newcomers. It's so awesome to see so many new faces. And if I don't get around to say personal hellos to all of you, just want to say we'll welcome you from the bottom of our heart for our special less than one hour long Christmas Eve service. So that is pretty special. So um, yeah, Christy was talking about the message last week and how I shared about the um, Joy to the World Carol and, and how that related to us a few hundred years later um, with joy coming into the world and Jesus being our joy. I want to sort of carry on that, that theme of looking at a Christmas carol and, and then sort of unpacking the meaning um, and, and, and what the Bible says about that. So last week was joy to the world. This week, I um, want to have a look at what child is this? Um, who, who loves Mr. Whippy? You know that... You know the classic Mr. Whippy song? Who said boo? Like, it's not the Christmas. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. My, um, my tablet's just locked up and I can only see half of my message, so just bear with me for a second. Oh, there we go. Uh, so this, yeah, What Child Is This? It's the classic Mr. Whippy song. Um, and again, I really love What Child Is This, the carol, and just some of the, the lyrics. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. So bring him incense, golden myrrh, come peasant, come king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. And then the chorus, this, this is Christ. The King. So it was written in the 1800s by a 29-year-old Englishman called William Chatterton Dix, who was bedridden at the time for months. Everyone thought he was going to die. So his, his body, he, he recovered, obviously. But during that time, he had this incredible spiritual revival in his heart. And he wrote a whole lot of stuff. One of those was this Christmas carol, who he basically took the, um, the classic 1500s popular folk song, Greensleeves. Mr. Whippy, um, and then just sung it along to that. But it is a very, very powerful uh, carol that sort of looks at what child is this? It sort of takes us back to that Christmas time where the shepherds were looking at this baby and Mary and Joseph and, and the Magi, the wise men, a little bit later on, and they were filled with wonder and thinking about the life of, of what this child represented and who this child really was. And they said, what child is this? I've had a what child is this moment in my life. Um, and I may have shared it before, but when Keila was very, very young, and she was walking around and she was talking, Christy and I went to Spotlight, um, as you do, um, and, and looked at some wool or something, and Keila was playing up. She was being a little bit naughty, and I said to her, Keila, if you play up, then I'm going to have to take you into the car, and, and me and, and you just hang out in the car until Christy finishes her, shop, her shopping. She kept on being naughty, so I said, okay, Keila, I hate to do this, but I picked her up, and we started walking out to the car, and this is what she did without any stretch of exaggeration. She started screaming at the top of her lungs, help, help me. <laughs> so I was carrying out this little girl, and she was screaming and trying to wiggle, saying, help, help, help me, help me. And it's like, what do you do? It's like, and there were heaps of people, and not one person came up and said, excuse me, are you, a, like, are you stealing a child? Like, I don't know what to think of that. 
But honestly, as I was holding it, I was like, what, what an earth child is this? Like, what have I gotten myself into? It wasn't like that on Christmas morning. It wasn't like a good grief, what child is this? It was like, in wonder, what child is this? What does this mean? And I love this carol because it helps us imagine the nativity scene and every wondering, what, everyone wondering, what child is this? The prophet Isaiah wrote 700 years before Jesus was born. He prophesied about Jesus um, and that the Messiah would have four names. So I just want to look at this this morning. We've sung it, Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. And from the get-go, what we have to understand, the words and the jargon used, it's, it's a military term. Like, you've got to think in, in, in sort of the, the thoughts and, and the conversations of military words, which is very interesting. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Isn't this incredible? 700 years before Jesus was born. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And I love these verses because they're all about Jesus, but also they reveal like four names of of. Of, of Jesus, and every name reveals an incredible aspect of his character. We can learn a lot about the character of Jesus by this. So I just want to unpack this a little bit, and just uh, hopefully it'll be encouraging and inspiring for us. So his first name here, Wonderful Counselor. That word wonderful in the original Hebrew, it means causes one to be filled with wonder, astonishingly wonderful and beyond comprehension. So anyone who's like 50 years older, who was raised in church, it's like beyond comprehension. I sort of know a song about that, um, which is I Stand in Awe. Who loves that song? You are over the hill. <laughs> you are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthroned above. Jesus is wonderful, but it's his wonderful counselor. What is that word counselor? We all think, well, we go to, go to a counselor. Uh, that literally means in the Bible, one who comes alongside. He is wonderful. He is astonishingly beautiful. He is beyond description and comprehension, but he delights in coming alongside us. I was born in 1974, so I, I was a kid in the 80s, which I loved my childhood, but mum and dad worked very, very hard, so both of them had full-time jobs. Um, I, there was four of us siblings, but I was the youngest by nine years, so my brother, who was the second youngest, he was 17 years old when he moved out, so I pretty much, like, as an eight or nine-year-old, uh, just 17 minus nine, what's that? Eight. Um, I was an only child with a mum and dad, and, and they worked so hard. Uh, they were working full-time, so I used to take myself off to school in the morning, and I used to be the first back, and uh, especially in holidays, like mum and dad weren't around, and so I was there by myself. I was pretty much raised by TV. We had a video recorder. Mum and dad hadn't worked out that you could time and, and record movies, so um, Sunday horrors and all of these movies that were, I shouldn't have been watching, I was watching, but that's how I spent my holidays is just... And I was so lonely. I was so lonely and so insecure. And I, and I grew up thinking that God wouldn't even like me. 
But you've got to remember his name, Wonderful Counselor. He is so wonderful, but he delights in coming alongside us. I had this incredible epiphany and this sort of like a vision uh, at the New Life Conference of, of God taking me back to that moment and, and just understanding, perhaps for the first time really thinking about it, that Jesus was right there. He was always right there. He has never left me. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords, but He's also wonderful and He wants to be right beside us even when we go through dark times, even when we don't like ourselves. What child is this? He's the wonderful Counselor, He is the mighty God. Mighty, it's a military term. It's a battle term. And it means strong one, the powerful, valiant warrior. So at Christmas time, we, we, we see the nativity scenes and we see Jesus as this cute little baby. He's, he's the son of God, but we also got to remember he is God the son. He is God. John 1 verse 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and it's another name for Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So if Jesus is not God, we'd be a fool to follow Him. We'd be a fool to worship Him. But if Jesus truly is God, we would be fools not to worship Him. We'd be fools not to give our lives to Him. And I was thinking about this term, mighty God. It's a battle term. Do you know He is the warrior God? That's another name for this. And it, and it, contra, and it comes and it's reflected in the mighty God. He is a warrior God and He also fights for His people. Like we understand Jesus as the lamb, but He is also the lion. He is ferocious. For those of, I don't know if it's just a, a masculine thing, but the war movies and, the, and the, the valiant acts and the courage and the bravery and the fighting and the tanks, like God, He is a warrior. And the cool thing is, He is the warrior God who fights for His people. He fights on behalf of His people. So I did a bit of a word study the last couple of weeks. There are so many references to God being a God of war and a God who fights on our behalf. And I think I've got some, or quite a lot in the, in the Bible app, but there is so much more. I just wanna to share a couple of them. And I love these. This is the God we serve. Exodus 15, six, your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, shatters the enemy. Joshua 23, 10, it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as He promised you. 2 Chronicles 20, 15, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. God is fighting on our behalf. Isaiah 42, 13, I love this. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. And there is so much more, but doesn't that like, I'm so glad Jesus is like that, that I worship a God who just doesn't idly sit by and, and he, he's involved and he fights on our behalf. He is the God who fights our battle. So this Christmas time, just don't think that he's just a helpless baby, that he's just a lamb. He is the lamb of God that takes away, that took away the sin of the world, but he is also a lion. What child is this? He is the mighty God. He's the mighty God. Number three, he's the everlasting father. 
And the Hebrew phrase, because sometimes the English, again, like I said last week, we, we get the translation or the wording a little bit different. It still means the everlasting Father, but it's more accurately um, described or quite literally as the Father of eternity. Which makes sense because in the beginning was the Word, Jesus and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus has always been there. He is the Father of eternity. So Jesus is before, above, beyond, and He is the possessor of eternity. And yes, He is God the Son, but I don't think this this, um, in Isaiah was meant to be like a theological statement about the Trinity at all, but I do think it reflects the character of Jesus that he is a father or he is like a father to his people. Just like George Washington, again, thinking of the battle terms, he was known as the father of a nation, the father of America. I think it's similar to Jesus as well. So he is so loving. He is the father of eternity. He was always there and he, is, he loves us so much. And Romans 8, 35 to 37 to 39 um, is so encouraging. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Have you ever thought, man, all these dumb things are happening to me. Jesus must not like me anymore or love me anymore. Does not mean that at all. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we live in a broken world and it just seems to be getting more broken and people are just, it's just a big mess. And sometimes we can, we can do things and be involved in things and feel like we've let God down again or perhaps we're struggling with some addictions or we just, we just know we, we've, we haven't been very good. We're on the naughty list and it's like, well, I don't even think Jesus would like me. It's like, I don't even think Jesus can save me. No, you can never fall so far that Jesus or God's arms aren't further still. As long as you are breathing, God is right there to rescue you. And that is such an incredible thing. He loves us so much. He is right there. Despite our shame and our mess, and sometimes we feel like we're so unclean and so unworthy, He is right there. And He loves us so much as we come faithfully to Him and give our lives to Him, turn away from some things in our lives and fully follow Him. He's he's so powerful. And He's the only one that can forgive us of our sins and turn our life around. Prince of Peace. It's another military battle term, which means similar to general of the army, this this word prince in the Hebrew, general of the army. But it's not just a prince. And we've talked about all these battle things, that he's mighty God and he's so powerful. And it's true. But this is an incredible, again, in contrast to that, he is a prince, which is like a military term, general, but he's also the prince of of peace. So Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, and this is such a close uh, passage of Scripture to my heart lately. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about 
everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, how much money is spent worldwide on anxiety medication and self-help books and, and trying to get people out to, to think right. It's, it's like a multi-billion dollar business. The answer is right here and it is for free. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about it. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He has done. And then if you do this, so this is conditional. If we do this, then this is going to happen. You will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. And that peace will guard us. That peace will protect us. Last few weeks, a few months actually, it's been a bit of a difficult time. Um, and I, I admit, man, sometimes life just throws curveballs at you. But I know I shared last week about regularly now going for times with the Lord, um, most evenings and running and praying and meditating on His goodness. I wanna tell you from the bottom of my heart, this works. When we bring to, the God, bring to God our trials and we thank Him for what He's done, this thing called peace, and it truly is supernatural, this peace and joy that's available to us as followers of Jesus, that will come into your life. Now, many times I wanna raise my hands when I'm running and you sort of look a little bit silly if you're running like this, but I've learned that if you sort of do it like this, it doesn't look too weird. Especially if you run at night when there's no one around. I'm having the best worship times of my life now as I'm running. And the coolest things is sometimes you forget you're running. It's like I come, it's like, have I just, where the last 500 metres go? And I'm in this place of worship with God. This is incredible. If you're struggling with anxiety as a believer, you don't need to. There is breakthrough, there is miracle for you. What child is this? He is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Then it says, The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've looked at those four words. I just want to look at that top line there. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And maybe the band can come up as well because we're going to do communion soon. Now, I love Christmas. I'm definitely a gift giver. But I love this verse. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. God the Father gave his son to us as a gift. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And I, like, I mean, everyone knows that Christmas is my favourite time of the year despite the stress and the busyness. I just love giving gifts and you see the... The, the gifts under the Christmas tree, and, and praise God, our dog hasn't eaten any gifts this year, uh, which is, is, is a miracle in itself. And so there are already some presents with my name on it, and I'm just like, I can't wait. It's going to be the best day of the, the year tomorrow. But if I actually didn't do anything about getting those gifts, if I didn't actually get it given to me, or if I didn't actually make it my own and, and unwrap it, and like that present with my name on it, for me, could be under the tree forever and I would never, ever enjoy what is in the packaging. Like Jesus has already done it. He went to the cross. He paid the price for us. He took the sin and the weight and the curse of that on Himself. And sin could not hold Him down. He rose from the dead. So He's done it all. It has finished. 
But we need to accept that. That gift of salvation and eternal life is for all of us. But just like a present under the tree with my name on it, I actually need to personally receive that and make it my own. That's the invitation. That's always been the invitation. Jesus has done it, but He's inviting us to receive Himself. So that's something we need to do. So this Christmas, Christmas 2023, some of the best gifts you could receive, just think of amazing gifts that you would love to have. I'd love a Tesla. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but... Do you know what the best, truly the best gift anyone could ever receive this year is the gift of eternal life, is the gift of Jesus. And He's so wanting to give Himself to you. That is the very best gift in all of eternity anyone can ever receive. And it's got your, Jesus has His name, your name on His gift of salvation for you. We just have to receive that. It's a free gift. But what's the very best gift you can give this Christmas? Like I love, I'm a gift, I'm a gift giver way more than I'm a gift receiver. So I've put a lot of work and effort into my gifts and I always do and I love it. It's a bit stressful at times, but I, I just love doing that and I love just looking at people as they open gifts. What is the best Christmas gift I could ever give anyone this Christmas? You know what it is? It's the gift of myself back to Jesus. That's the very best gift anyone in this universe could give is giving your life to Jesus this Christmas. You may be thinking, well, I don't even know if Jesus would want me as a gift. I mean, I wouldn't want me as a gift. Take it back to the 80s again. I was about seven years old. And like BMX mania had just like gone around the world. Like every kid had a BMX or desperately wanted a BMX. My birthday was in June. I never got a BMX for my birthday, but like almost every week I was saying, Mum and Dad, all I want for Christmas is a BMX. And like, and they were saying, oh yeah, we'll see what we can do, Simon. So I pretty much like took the hints like, I'm gonna get a BMX. So for months and months, I was dreaming of, and everyone had a BMX. I didn't have a BMX. And then Christmas morning came and I was so excited because I was so sure I was gonna get a BMX. And there was no BMX under the tree. And I was like, oh man. Oh, Ralphie, when he didn't get his BB gun in the Christmas story, I felt like that. But then the very last present that Dad was handing out was a matchbox, and he, and he opened the matchbox, and it was like, a, he goes, I think this is for you, Simon. So I had like a note, like, look in the basement. And I thought, I'm gonna get a BMX. So I just sprinted down to the basement, and there was like a BMX-shaped blanket. And I thought, my, all my wildest dreams have come true. This is it. I whipped off the blanket, and it wasn't a BMX. It was a rally grifter which might be a bit cool now, but back then, like, if you were riding one, everyone who owned a BMX, like, persecuted you. And that's what I was like. And I thought, well, Mum and Dad probably didn't even know the difference of what really a BMX was, and I was, cry, I was trying not to cry, and I, my, I was so disappointed. Like, there's a lot of trauma I'm sort of going through a moment right now with this. <laughs> but I went back, and Mum and Dad, like, like they thought, like, oh, the, like, this is the best, and I said, I... I love my present mum and dad, but I wish it was a BMX. So I was pretty disappointed, but I learned to love my grifter. Like when thinking of presenting ourselves to God, and that's the, the only thing Jesus wants for Christmas is you. He's never, ever going to be disappointed in you. He is never ever gonna look at you if you give your life to Him and wanna present yourself to Him as a gift. He will never think, Heavenly Father, like Simon's all right, but I wish he was like Edwin. 
or I wish he was like this, I wish he had it more together. I'm sort of pretty disappointed. Like he is never, ever gonna say that because the only thing he really wants for Christmas is you. If, if Jesus could like go to Santa's grotto and like be with Santa and if Santa was to ask him, what did he want for Christmas? He would want you. He would want me. And if we say, well, Jesus, I'm yours, even with all the rubbish that is in my life, he is, he's never gonna be disappointed with that. He loves your heart. We try and clean up ourselves. We can't do it. It's like a baby trying to use shampoo. It's not gonna happen. But as we go to Jesus, He will wash our hearts. He is the only one qualified to be able to wash the sin away. Isn't that awesome? The government will rest on His shoulders. And I just wanna finish with this. The Hebrew word translated as government in Isaiah 9, 6 literally means dominion, power, sovereignty through legal Authority, the government will rest on His shoulders. Jesus is big enough to carry the whole world. And sometimes we, we freak out a little bit because it's like, well, God, can you carry my issues? Can you carry my stress? Can you carry when I've stuffed it up again and I've, I've got this trail of brokenness in my life? Can, do I truly trust you enough to carry me? And I love Isaiah 46 Verse four, I love this. Maybe because I'm getting a little bit older and grayer, but I love this. Even to your old age, and this is God talking to us, I am He. And to grey hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, I will carry and I will save. God's saying, I've made you, I will carry you. If He's big enough to carry the whole world, He's big enough to carry you and me. And I will will save you. What child is this? He's the wonderful counsellor. What child is this? He's the mighty God. What child is this? He's the everlasting Father. What child is this? He is the Prince of Peace. Isn't that amazing? For a child is born to us, a son is given to us as a gift. Would we give our lives back to, to Jesus as a gift today? And the government will rest on His shoulders. So He's big enough to carry us all. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If we could just raise to our, our feet would be awesome. I just want to explain what's going to happen now. Uh, usually we have like uh, communions and plastic, glass, uh, plastic cups and a little wafer. And it's sort of like, man, I wish communion was so, could be so much bigger because in the, in the olden days, it was actually a meal. Jesus had communion. So we've done it a little bit bigger this morning. Um, we couldn't really hand these out. So I'm going to invite you soon as we've prayed to come and, and grab um, some grape juice and, and grab a bread. And, and you can just stay at the front. If you want to kneel, you can do that. You can go back to your seat. Um, but I'm going to get the band to sing that song again, Come Let Us Adore Him. And it talks about the names of Jesus. And for the next several minutes, um, we hopefully the band can replay the song if it goes on long. Um, we're just going to grab communion and we're going to take it back to our seat if you want and we're just going to have a time of reflection and I really pray because this is what Jesus wants that we would all give our lives to Jesus this Christmas. And if you've never done this, it's a simple prayer in your heart. Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm sorry for the things I've done. I turn away from those things. Please help me to follow you. And you can pray that prayer um, in your heart. You can, but please don't leave here without sharing that with someone. If you're far away from God, but you have been a believer, this is now the time we can give your life back to Jesus. And every time we do that, there's a, there's a party in heaven, which is amazing. Now, if you know that you're doing all right, but 
You just want to finish this year with saying, God, I give you everything I have again. Please do that in this time as well. So what communion means is when Jesus, just about before Jesus went to the cross, he had a last meal with his best friends, his disciples, and he took uh, some bread and he broke it. And he said, this resembles my body broken for you. So Jesus was broken on the cross so that our brokenness could be replaced by healing. And the miracles that happen during communion are incredible, but that's what the bread represents. Of, of God, you were broken on the cross. I bring my brokenness to you. Please heal me. And He does that. He's already done that. And He took a glass of wine and He shared it with His friends. And He said, this is my, my blood spilled for you. This is the blood. That, and it's only the blood that can, that can forgive us our sins. It's only the blood of Jesus that can wash our sins away. And you know, good books, trying to, do better, that's never gonna wash away sin. It's only the blood of Jesus. And that's what the grape juice represents. And as we take that and understand the, the, the bread represents the brokenness of Jesus um, so that we could be whole and, and the blood represents the sin, uh, the, the washing away of our sin. Blood, uh, Jesus' blood was shed so that we didn't have to, to die and go to hell. That's incredible. This is a holy moment. And what you know, Christmas Eve, thinking about the birth of Christ and, and doing this, it's just incredible. And we get to do this with our church family. So... Um, I'm going to pray and then I just invite you in an orderly manner to come and grab some grape juice and bread and, and take your time and just have a special holy moment with the Lord. So Father, I want to thank you that you gave your very best gift that you could ever give, which was your son, Jesus. And I want to thank you for the incredible names, Lord, that he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Lord, he, he's, he's almighty. He's beautiful. He's beyond comprehension. This wonderful counselor comes beside us. Lord, I want to thank you that you gave your best gift this Christmas and we want to receive Jesus into our lives as the best gift we can receive today, Lord. And we want to give our life to you as the very best thing. I thank you that you will never be disappointed in receiving us as a, as a son or a daughter back to you. So I pray in the next few minutes for miracles. I pray for worship. I pray for, for recommitments to you, Lord. I pray that sin would go, that addictions would be broken. Lord, that people would be healed in the name of Jesus mentally and physically and emotionally. Lord, I pray for incredible encounters with you as we focus on you 100% for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.